Hello and welcome to the Women in Tech and Radio podcast. My name is Camille and I'll be your host. I'm a guerrilla marketing manager at David Systems, which is an enterprise software company in audio. We're based in Munich, Germany. I'm very excited about this podcast, which will consist in a series of interviews with great women in tech. So sit back and enjoy. Good morning, Leila, and welcome to the Women in Tech and Radio podcast. Thank you for having me. Could you introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, my name is Laila. I work as a business software developer at a company called Fast LTA, who does long-term archiving. I started as a mechanical engineer. I studied mechanical engineering and business. And afterwards, I worked in a startup, which produced sensors. And now, by chance, I landed as a business software developer. What exactly do you work on as a business software developer? The company that I work for, I program and I develop and I, and I maintain the software that helps with the internal processes. Okay. You said you worked in a startup before. How did you get there? Like, Did you want to go in tech ever since you were a child? No, not at all, actually. My uh, career path was anything but straight. When I was in school, I didn't want to study anything in tech or the direction that I went in in the end. I always wanted to study psychology or business or something in that direction. And during school, I, I really enjoyed math subjects. And then by chance, I started uh, business and engineering. I always thought I'd go more into the direction of business. But then through my father, I was able to start in a startup. And yeah, I was the only woman with all middle-aged um, white men who worked there. And I must say, it was great. They all wanted to teach me lots and I learned a lot and they all respected me and respected my decisions. And that was great. Was it something you wanted to do to work in a creative, small environment? Yes, definitely. Because my parents always worked for small companies. I always wanted to work for a company where I was able to see what an impact my work had on the company. I thought that was always great. And while I was still in school, I also only worked for small companies. I learned a lot. I think it's great to work in small companies because you get to develop lots of qualities because you can't really decide, oh, this is my job and this isn't my job. When you're a very small team, stuff that needs to be done just has to be done and you can't try to push off the work to somebody else. It's interesting, actually, that you mentioned that you were the only woman in the team in the startup you were working in, because nowadays, when you think about startups, you think about a bunch of young people, super diverse. You don't really expect a lack of diversity in startups. No, that was not that the startup that we worked in was not um, diverse at all. My father was the one who founded it, and he collected basically people he, he's known all his life within that startup. And he brought me and my boyfriend there because we were still students and we were cheap labor, basically. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the longer we stayed there, the more responsibility we got. And it was not the way you'd expect it to be, you know, being with all middle-aged um, white men. Fair enough, sir. But they were all very accepting. And maybe also because they all had children who were my age, they all were yeah, so interested in... in giving me responsibility and yeah, teaching me to grow. Yeah, it's very nice. Mm -hmm, it was great. 
And actually, were you trying to improve this? Were you trying to make the team more diverse to some extent? That's a good question. Uh, basically, we, we were the one team and then we never really expanded that team. Sometimes we did wish for more diversity in the team, but uh, there was just no way really of expanding the team. Okay. Yeah. The, the company didn't grow the way we wished. <laughs> yeah. And during your studies, were you were you affected by diversity uh, to some extent? Where did you study actually? In Berlin, in Berlin, which is of course a very diverse city. Of course, in in engineering, there's very few women, and also at our university, there was very few women. All of my friends, they were all men. I think it's very interesting because most people at the university they respected me as a woman, or they didn't see any difference between me and all the other students. But every now and then I would see people who would not accept my help because I was a woman. They would ask my boyfriend, oh, can you help me solve this problem? And then I would say, oh, I'm really good at that. I can do that. But they never wanted my help because they didn't believe that I could solve a problem like that, especially when it came to maths and engineering. But it was only very few people. And I thought it was really interesting because I always wondered, where does that come from? So I kind of dug deeper into that and, and I found the people who underestimated my abilities in the STEM subject were usually people who got the influence from their homes. So people who had very strong independent mothers or women figures in their lives, they never underestimated me. It was usually people where they had very rigid structures at home. So you said it was only coming from a few people. So mm -hmm. do you think it's because of these few people and the experiences some people get with such people that women create these barriers to entry into STEM fields? In the end, there's no real physical barriers, right? I personally did not experience uh, any physical barriers. No, not at all. I think it starts very, very early when women underestimate themselves or young girls in school already. It was always the girls saying, oh, I can't do that and I can't do that. And um, when I tell people what I do for a living, so many women say, wow, that's so much math. I could never do that. And I've never heard a man say, oh, I could never do your job ever, which is a shame. I don't quite know where that comes from, but I think it starts at a very young age. I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's this Barbie project. And basically, studies have shown that there's a specific age at which young girls start to not see themselves as a superheroes, kind of. So mm -hmm. they want to motivate young girls to stay confident in themselves in this way and stay confident in their ability to perform in math and science fields and everything. I thought it was very interesting because it's actually been proven that there is an age at which young girls become less confident in themselves. So it's not only about young girls, but it's also about the environment they evolve in. And as you mentioned, yeah. it doesn't help when men come from an environment that kind of fosters these preconceptions about girls or women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so yeah. what is your experience with diversity now in your job? The current company, it's very typical. Yeah, there's more women in the sales and there's more men in development. It's got to be said that what, what I do, it's actually me and my boyfriend who do the business software. So it's just the two of us in that field of the company. But for a tech company, I think we do have not very few women. Is a woman that works for a tech company, a tech woman. 
you can be in sales and in marketing and in human resources in a tech company. Does that make you a woman in tech? That's a, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I mean, of course, it it depends. I think that the women in sales, of course, have to have a lot of technical know-how for a tech company. Uh, I wouldn't know, basically. But our company is currently led by a woman and she is respected and honored just like any man would be. I think in general, our company is very tolerant. Within our company, we don't have any discrimination against women or anything at all. So I think we're very lucky in that sense. And I've heard from my friends that it's very different in their companies, but I think in general, I'm lucky to be where I am. <laughs> I feel I'm very respected by everybody. They respect what I do and, and my decisions and don't doubt me because I'm a woman. What do you think is the most important actually for you to feel confident? Is it respect from others? Well, I think it's a spiral. The more I'm able to show my abilities, the more positive feedback I become. Yeah, probably it is respect and positive feedback. The more positive feedback I become, the more confident I become in 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 what I do. So I think this spiral can go both ways. So if there's no feedback or no positive feedback, I think the confidence goes lower, which means the the performance goes down. If I would have to say, what gives me most confidence is, of course, my abilities. If I had to give advice to somebody, or especially a woman, I would say, yeah, don't focus on the diversity and, and stuff. Just focus on having good qualities and, and being able to perform well. And then the confidence will come with that. It kind of goes hand in hand. If you want to improve diversity at work, where do you think the push should come from? Should it come from top down? Should it come from women in the company? I think it's very difficult because I think it depends a lot on where you are. I think in Munich, we currently have a work situation where companies are desperately looking for people who are working and they will take anyone who comes on their door and they don't have the possibility to decide, oh, are we going to turn this person down because he doesn't improve our diversity or not? I think in Berlin, for example, it's very different because you have less workspaces for more people who are applying at our university I never took part in any of these programs, but at our university, they had a lot of programs to motivate young girls in schools to pursue STEM projects that they that they started from a very early age. They had a lot of projects to help women with their careers and stuff. So I, I am a big fan of these things, especially starting at a young age in school and motivating young girls. I think it really has to start really, really early because... So many girls I talk to, it's too late for them because they've already have this mindset of I can't, I can't. And yeah, I think it's hard for them to get out of it, basically. Do you remember any project like this when you were a kid that pushed young girls into being interested in STEM fields? No, I don't think they, okay. not that I remember. Do you think it would have been beneficial for you to get this? Um, I think for me personally, it wasn't necessary because from home, I always had the push to go into that direction, or I guess it wasn't really a push. I guess it was more chance, but I think a lot of my classmates would have profited from programs like this. 
now, like, would you participate into programs like this, like to go into school and to motivate young girls to show them that anyone can do it? Oh, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's <laughs> good that you said that. Yeah, I should look into that. Maybe if somebody offered that to me, I would take, but I should definitely look into it myself. <laughs> do, do you want to add anything? So I already mentioned this in my in the previous part of the podcast. I think really showing young girls what a confident woman can be and can do, also young men, I think that will make the biggest influence in showing our kids and the people around us how capable women are. I think that's that's the best way to really have them grow in, in different fields. It doesn't have to only be STEM fields, but just to not have a block there saying this is what women can do and this is what women can't do but just have all of the possibilities open uh, thank you very much Leila for taking the time to come on this podcast today thank you for having me <laughs> and guys we'll see you next time for the next episode of Women in Tech and Radio bye <laughs>